It's time for the Retire ASAP Podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP Podcast, where our goal is to help you get free from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike, and with me I have... Brad... Fine. Oh boy! You know, that, I should never gave him the opportunity to pump up his ego with a whole podcast and an audio that he feels like he's got a radio microphone in front of him, and he's just—he's kind of the big cheese over here. Just call me Hammy, hamming up, hamming it up over here, hamming it up. Well, what about Hammy, the Indians announcer? You know, they pretty much like that. Now you're almost a professional. I think I could take his job. He better watch out. Oh, man. You know, I, hey, I got something I want to say today. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I've been thinking, I think I'm going to do a budget myself. What? I'm, I'm really serious. I think I'm going to do one. What kind of budget? Like an actual... My what? budget. Personal budget. Holy cow. Folks, this is this is some groundbreaking news. So you're thinking, this isn't even what we're talking about today, although it might get involved somewhere in the, in the talk of what we're talking about. So you're talking about a budget, as in you are thinking about... Are you going full envelope system with cash? Or are you thinking what? Oh, I, I think I'm just going to put it on paper and then I'm going to think about it once I put it on paper. <laughs> so what's keeping you accountable to that budget? Well, the piece of paper that the I have. I'm going to give it a shot. I just need to put it in writing and then I'll go from there. One step at a time. That's true. Now, here's the scary part. Have you talked to Paula about that? She has no clue. No, that's That's going to be the problem is going to be knowing what her part of the budget is i can right. i can figure my numbers yeah so, um if you're listening why uh paula could you work on a budget why when i get back with you then we'll have a budget she usually sends me a text message after our audio files really after the podcast is released to everybody so that wouldn't be a surprise if uh, she hears this for the first time here on the podcast yes yeah, so we are budget bound wow well hey like i'm I saying said, it right here this is the first time i brought it up well, yeah, you never told me about that before we started the recording, so this is all brand new news to me as well. Well, I'm excited. Maybe uh, we'll check in with you every once in a while on the podcast to see how the budget's going, and hopefully you stick to it. But I mean, if it falls apart, you know, there's always there's always room for adjustments and grace on this podcast when it comes to figuring out finances. So good. Yeah, I'm like a yoga instructor. I'm flexible. Okay. <laughs> If you've ever met Brad, that would make you laugh really hard. Anyway, um, the, the podcast today, while we aren't talking about budgets, they do fall into a piece of it because for the last couple of weeks or the last few weeks, I should say, the whole month of January, we've been talking about the retire ASAP process, which is our way and how we handle at Fike Advisors our conversations with clients when they want to retire. Some of our clients are looking to retire early. Other ones are looking to retire whenever they possibly can. So what we do is we have a process we take them through. And we started with our first podcast of the year talking about the first step that we uh, go through, and that is setting a goal. And our clients have to come up with the dream that they want for their retirement, and we get to have that conversation with them. And the next step is we take an inventory. We start looking at what kind of things do our clients need to share with us so that we can uh, get all the information into one place so we can start making some decisions. And finally, we're going to talk about step three, which is the final piece of the process that we work on, and that's making an actual plan. And if you were listening and tuning in over the last couple of weeks or a couple weeks ago when we first released that uh, second episode of the series, we said that we're going to talk a little bit about an example of what a retiree ASAP plan would look like. So we've come up with some really, really awesome names for our clients, our, our fictitious clients, what are their names, Brad? 
Well, I think today we're going to use Jack and Jill. Now, these are not the same Jack and Jill that went up the hill and then fell back down and broke their crown. However, as you go through this, Taylor, as you go through the story of this couple, they have horses, so they could fall down and break their crown. I'm just saying it's not in the plan, but it could. Yeah, I did not plan for that. I actually planned for the expense of a helmet in their horseback riding adventures, so hopefully that uh, covers their crown. So you also got to remember that when we go through this plan, you're going to bring it up later, I'm sure, about flexibility. So if they're riding a horse and they fall to the ground and break their crown, we have to have a plan that's flexible enough for them to have assets available so they can get a little cash to pay is, those bills. So. This is so true. Uh, it's so funny that uh, that you bring that up because I think one of the things that we try to talk about in our office when it comes to retirement planning is that uh, that plan is only good for as long as we're talking about it in that conference room. The second you leave the room, that plan can get completely changed because as we all know, all you listeners and us in this room, we know that life doesn't go the way we plan it all the time. And so you need a retirement plan or uh, whatever you're doing with your assets in retirement. You need some sort of plan that's flexible enough to be able to shift. And we'll talk a little bit about that towards the end here. But let's talk about Jack and Jill and, uh, and a little bit about them. So Jack and Jill are a fictitious couple. And so as our little disclaimer today, anything we talk about in our podcast, uh, we don't use actual examples of people that we work with. Uh, we are also financial advisors, but we're not giving financial advice here today. So just so you know, we're talking about a fictitious example and we are not telling you to do these things. We're giving you some tips and tricks and giving you a way to kind of practically apply some of that stuff. But you really need to talk to a financial advisor, legal advisor, tax advisor. Talk to somebody that knows you personally and knows your situation before you make any decisions. Okay. Any decisions? Don't listen to us on this podcast for your specific advice. Give this as educational tips. Now, getting into Jack and Jill, a little bit of how we met Jack and Jill. They came into our office allegedly or fictitiously. Allegedly makes it sound like a crime. They didn't come here to commit. They a crime. were referred by someone from the cemetery. I think they were. They were referred by Hans and Gretel. I think right. Oh yeah, there you <laughs> go. I like that. So anyway, Jack and Jill came into our office and they come in and they say, hey, you know what? We want to retire. And I said, great. Tell me a little bit more. And so our first sit down with Jack and Jill was a great conversation about what does their retirement look like? And as Brad already alluded to, Jack and Jill like horseback riding. And Jack has worked a really, really hourly heavy job. He's worked, you know, 40, 50, 60 hour weeks for almost his entire life, 30, 35 years that he's been working with this company that he works with. And Jill has been working a fairly good, well-paying blue collar job. Their combined income is about $150,000 a year. So they've been able to sustain a pretty healthy lifestyle and raise their horses. They've paid off all their mortgage. They have a few acres of land out in the country that they raise their horses and their horse barn on. They love the life that they live. The problem is, is they don't feel like they have enough time to do the things that they love, which is spend time with their horses and spend time together. And so they came in saying, I'm ready to get out of work. It's not that I don't uh, like my job. I just like to do other things more. I need some more freedom in my life. And so we started having that conversation. 
Now, Jack and Jill, while they have had a very comfortable lifestyle making $150,000 a year, they have also been able to save up a huge chunk of money um, in their retirement plans. And so combined in their retirement plans, they've saved up about $850,000, which for a lot of people, especially in our area, when we're uh, you know, if we're being fictitious about this, but trying to be at least practical here in the area that we're at, $850,000 is a good chunk of savings and can give you a pretty comfortable retirement around here if it's managed properly. So $850,000 of savings and they live a pretty good lifestyle well, well within their means. Their budget per year is about $60,000. So there's kind of the premise. What do you think about that, Brad? If you were working with Jack and Jill, where do you go from here? What, what kind of things come up as I talk about those numbers right there? I don't know. I think uh, at the very outskirt of those numbers, it doesn't seem like it's going to be feasible. I mean, when you first look at it, you go, well, there's just no way that 858000 or 850000 $850, $850, yep. $850, is going to solve their problem, especially if they retire early, pulling 60000 a year out. Right. So um, I'm anxious to see how the outcome of this is, uh, but uh, that, would, that would be my first... Uh, thought on that. Right. And as we start looking at these things, some other information that's really important, um, Jack and Jill, they have a little bit of an age differential, but let's say Jack, he wants to retire age 62. And at that point, Jill will be in her early 50s. And so the problem that we start to run into here is the question of social security. Now, for many of you, especially those who are retiring soon, Social Security is in the forefront of your mind because you're thinking, this is my baseline foundation for my retirement. And according to the Social Security estimates for Jack and Jill's fictitious jobs, Jack is going to bring home about $30,000 a year in Social Security. It's a little bit more than that, but we're just going to round off some numbers to keep things simple here. He's going to bring home about $30,000 a year in, in Social Security at full retirement age, which is 67. And Jill, she'll bring home about eighteen to to twenty thousand, somewhere in that range. Um, at that point, when she gets to full retirement age at sixty-seven, but if she retires at the same time as Jack when he turns sixty-two, she'll have twelve years until she can collect that. So that's something that is uh, is going to be an option down the road for the longevity of their retirement. But early on, this is something that's going to play a huge role for them because they have to decide, can I make this work? And one of the first things that we do is we look at that number of what they need, their retirement need, their budget of $60,000 a year. And we need to take that and decide, is that income that they're going to be taking, especially in their case, before they qualify for Social Security, is that income going to be viable or is that going to put a ticking time bomb on their money and make them run out of money before, you know, before they run off of this earth? You know, we when we plan a retirement plan at age 60, you could live 30 or 40 years after that. So when we plan a retirement plan, just to be safe, we always expect someone to live to age 100 just to be safe. That is that it, uh, nowadays you hear about people making it to their late 90s more often than you ever did. And so this is something where we look at number one priority is we say, will this income that they need drain the assets? So talk a little bit about what we use to look into those things. Uh, well, I think before uh, we go there, I just want to bring up something that I've noticed in the last few years is that when clients are coming in or prospects are coming in to talk about early retirement or just normal retirement, they're more concerned about living a good lifestyle 
and taking more out in the early years and not worrying about when they get in their 80s. A couple of examples is they want to go on cruises and they go on a cruise and they see people in their 80s that are walking around with walkers and canes and can't get in and out of the taxis and things of that sort. And I hear this quite frequently and maybe not that exact scenario, but I hear it quite frequently. And what people are going is, hey, I want to pour more money out in my 60s and my 70s. And if I run out in my 80s, then I really don't care. So we have to have that conversation because you go, you know, there's a lot of 85 to 90 year olds that are still living a pretty good lifestyle. So you cannot go too deep. Uh, I shouldn't say too deep, but you can't pull too much out too early. So in this particular case, the first thing that comes to mind is we have a couple here that want to retire early. They want to enjoy life why they can, why they're healthy, why they're active. And so these are these are the new things that I've seen in the last few years that we never used to talk about 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Nobody ever thought they just go, this is what I need. I want my money to last till I pass away. And I don't. I, that's my biggest concern. Now it's how can I enjoy my life for the first two decades that I'm retired so that I can, you know, enjoy it while I'm still able right? Sure. Yeah. Trying to pack all that experience into a short period of time. And you're absolutely right. I've had this conversation just recently, maybe a year ago with a client of that same exact idea. Now, that's something where we have to be very smart with because it is possible, and but we have to manage our expectations. It is possible to build a retirement plan that's front heavy where you go, okay, in the sure. first yeah. the first 10 or 15 years, or if you get a late start on it, maybe you, know, maybe you do retire at 67 at your full retirement age for Social Security or 68 or whatever it is, you know, whenever I get there, probably be age 100 by the time I can tap into Social Security at yeah, because you know, you're what? not getting any inheritance. I'm going to spend mine early, and then I'm going to live off of you. Uh, you hear that, folks? Well, we'll see who helps him manage his budget then. But anyway. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> so anyway, but know that you're right. There is a way to build a front-ended retirement, but you have to manage those expectations to say, okay, yeah, you can take these big trips, but know that you're going to be having a hard time taking wonderful trips or you know, you got to think too, unexpected things. You know, if you have grandkids that move out of state and you are spending all your retirement money early on to do the things that you've always wanted to do, but then when you're 80, you can't afford to fly to, you know, the next state over to go visit your, your grandchildren. That may be something that's frustrating to you. So you got to manage those expectations. It comes at a cost. If you want to have the, the lavish lifestyle early on, that's probably outside of your means for a long-term retirement, you can do it, but it comes at a cost at other things. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. And there's a balance to that. There's no doubt about that. And I think the conversation with Jack and Jill, just for simplicity purposes, Jack and Jill are so content at home. They don't have any kids uh, that are around the area. They don't have any grandkids around the area that they're worried about having to go and be around. We're kind of keeping things real simple here. But Jack and Jill, really, what they want to do is they want to retire in their quiet country home and spend time with their horses and maybe take a couple trips a year to some horse trails that are within driving distance. They don't really want to do too much. So in this plan, just to keep things simple, that that makes sense. But in the in a more personalized plan for maybe one of our listeners, a conversation may be merited to something like what you're saying there. Right. Yep. So, so we hear that a lot. Yeah. So back to the idea of how do we know if, uh, if a couple is going to be able to make it through retirement, especially if they retire 
retire early like this, what we do is we run some simulations because there's a handful of things. If we look at Jack and Jill, they have $850,000. Now, assuming they don't tuck that under their mattress and just let it sit there and they draw off of it from, you know, every day to, to go out to their morning breakfast, they pick up their cash out from under their pillow and move on for the next day. <laughs> assuming that's not the case, they're probably going to invest those assets in some sort of portfolio. And so what we want to do is we want to design a portfolio for them. For Jack and Jill, we'd pick a diversified portfolio with their risk factors in mind and see what kind of risk factors they have. And we go through that whole process when we work hands-on with a client. Now, we're not going to do that here on this podcast. We have talked in the past episodes about some of those things that we use for that. But just for today's sake, let's say we build them a portfolio. We have an average return that is fitting for them uh, in regards to this is what they would have as an average return with a potential loss in any given year for this much. And the other thing we got to think about is just because they have an average return of say 6% or 5% or 4%, that doesn't mean they're going to get that every year. There's some variance involved in the stock market. And when you're drawing things out of your portfolio, that variance has a major effect because when you take money out when the markets are down, that leaves less money to recover on the upside of the markets. So we can't just assume that they get a 4% return every year or a 5% return. We have to factor in some of that variance. And so we use our software in our office that allows us to factor in what's that variance going to be. We use a standard deviation for that. And then we run it through 10,000 different scenarios of what the markets can do. And then once we run it through all those scenarios, what we can come up with is what is the percentage of times out of that 10,000, what percent of them made it to age 100 for our clients and they didn't run out of money? And then what percentage on the other side, what percentage didn't make it? And what is the comparison there? For us, we're pretty comfortable. If we can get a 70% success rate, that means 7,000 out of the 10,000 scenarios means that you made it to the end of your life at at age 100 without running out of money. We're pretty comfortable with that. Now, the closer we get to 70, the more we have to be very careful in how we manage it. The closer we get to the high 80s and early 90s of percentages on success, we can manage it a little bit less and be a little bit more loose with some of our uh, and have a little bit more wiggle room in the retirement plan. But we get down to that 70 range, that's something that's a little rough. Now, here's what I came up with. Jack and Jill's information based off of Social Security at full retirement, all these different details about them, their assets they have, their expense, and all that stuff. Based off of that, they have an 86% chance of success of making it all the way to age 100. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, it is pretty good, especially- a dollar left at age 100? I mean, you know, did they mismanage? If oh, it's more than a dollar, it's a mismanagement, you know? Well, that's true. That's true. No, there, there would be an inheritance for uh, Jack and Jill's children, uh, Jack Jr. and Jill Jr. You can't name a girl Jr., can you? Gillette. Gillette. <laughs> Perfect. J-Lo. We'll call her J-Lo since oh boy. the Super Bowl we, was just on. Yeah. <laughs> Can we digress to the, now? We no, we better there. not. We won't go there. <laughs> we better not. We don't know who all is listening, so we better not digress. <laughs> but either way, um, Jack and Jill will have some assets left over. Now, here's the interesting thing, and we talk about this as we look at the the spreading out of how all that worked. If we look at Jack and Jill's plan, it's very heavy on their assets are draining from the day they retire when Jack is 62 all the way up until Jack turns 67. They're putting a serious strain on their assets, and so as 
as an advisor, when I look at that type of stuff in a plan, I see that as, okay, according to the statistics, they're going to make it through that drain. But if we have a major market correction or a major market downturn during those first years of Jack's retirement, that can throw a whole wrench in this plan because that could put him in one of those scenarios that weren't successful because he doesn't qualify for his full retirement social security until 67. We have to be very careful with how we manage Jack's portfolio and his income from 62 for the five years until he turns 67. But you'll notice then as we go, and I'm showing this to Brad as we go into the plan here on my screen, which I can't get my mouse to show up. There we go. As I'm showing Brad the plan here, which you guys cannot see, you'll notice that once that dip comes out, once he gets to 67, when Jack gets to 67, you'll start seeing those assets kind of plateau out, which is good. And then when Jill gets to 67, which is 12 years after they retire and her social security kicks in, their assets begin to grow again. And it gets them into a place to where they can be far more comfortable um, with a little bit more flexibility. So this is an interesting plan here for sure. What are you thinking as you're looking at this, Brad? Well, my my first thought when you brought up their scenario was there's no way that they're going to make it on the amount of money and what the need is. But when I see the Social Security incomes, uh, that that pretty much changes everything. And as long as they've been honest from minute one, and that's probably part of the problem I run into sometimes is that, you know, people come in, they want us to be honest with them. And, and we will be brutally honest if you can't, if it isn't going to work, we'll let you know. But one of the things that when it comes to honesty is if you want us to be brutal honest, then be honest with us. Because what I have found out when I've run some of these plans and you go, look, looks good. Things are going to be fine. But they either didn't give me accurate budget income. In other words, their 60,000 wasn't accurate. They're living above that number or which is probably not surprising to most people, but we will be very generous on trying to say how frugal we are in our budgets and then we'll also be very generous in saying how much we've been saving. If if the numbers aren't on paper in front of you, it's a little easy to round up on your investments that you have and round down on how much you spend in your budget because it, it's, it's sometimes it's embarrassing for some people, even though it, there's no reason to be embarrassed. But for some people, how much they spend, they're embarrassed by that. So they say, oh, well, I, you know, I spend 60000 not 90000 But And like you're saying, Brad, honesty matters in this factor. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, when you give us numbers or any advisor, make sure they're they're accurate at that particular moment as as accurate as you can be. Don't inflate. Don't deflate because that throws these things off. And remember, these are just plans and life can change in a heartbeat and uh, throw the plan a whack. So. Right. And I mean, so when we're looking at our software here, we do have to you know, remember that our software is just a measure of statistics. It's not a measure of actual people with actual money. So life is not a statistic, even though the insurance companies would like to tell you that we're all just a bunch of numbers and statistics. The reality is everything changes at, at the blink of an eye. And so while this plan may have an 86% chance of success now, one thing goes wrong, one health issue happens, and all of a sudden we have to be very agile and changing some things around and be very flexible in certain ways. So that's definitely a thing here. But I mean, so that's one of our first steps. When we're doing a plan with someone, we gather all their information, we put it all into the program, we find out what kind of strain 
is this going to put on the client's assets? Are they still going to have money by the time they reach age 100? And if they're not going to, when do they run out? Do they run out at age 90? Do they run out at age 80? Are we really putting way too much strain on this? Do we need to save more now? There's all kinds of different ways to look at that. So this information that comes back is really good. For Jack and Jill, they're they're living in heaven. They're looking at this and going, sweet. I cannot wait to retire at 62. Now, if we ran these numbers at age 60, they would have a very different conversation. They wouldn't be able to make this work. Two more years added to that where they have to drain from assets really does some damage to the longevity of their money. Over half of Americans are overwhelmed with anxiety wondering when or if they will ever be able to retire. At Fike Advisors, we build a customized retirement plan. We call it our Retire ASAP plan, and we help you carry it out so you can put your mind at ease and focus on the things that matter most to you and your family. If you need help with your retirement plan, if you don't have a retirement plan or you're looking for an advisor, go to our website, retireasapshow.com. That's retireasapshow.com and click the schedule now button in the top corner. That is your best way to get in contact with us because you can schedule a free 20 minute conversation with me or Brad and we can talk about how we can get you retired as soon as possible. That's retireasapshow.com, retireasapshow.com and click the schedule now button today. Now, the next thing is once we find a successful mix for a portfolio, a successful mix for how much income you're drawing to how much you're growing in your portfolio, all these different things. Once we find that perfect mix, then the next question is, how do we draw this out? For a lot of people, they'll skip right to this. I think this is really interesting. Um, I was having a conversation with someone the other day where they go, okay, so which fund should I be taking this from? Which savings should I be taking this from? This IRA, this 401k, what, what should I do? And I go, you're getting so far ahead of yourself, you don't even know if you can do that. And so you definitely get that percentage of success down. And then the next question is, where do I take it from? Because there's different types of assets out there. There's Roth IRAs, there's traditional IRAs, there's just regular taxable accounts that get taxed at a capital gains rate. There's rental income. There's all kinds of different ways of how you can invest your retirement portfolio. But the question will be, what makes sense now? And for Jack and Jill, the interesting thing is all of their assets are going to be in tax deferred IRAs. So there's nothing too crazy about it. It's very simple. They can only take from one place. But as we get more complicated in these things, the question comes down to, where is it that makes sense now versus later? So we can look at tax-free income. And at age 62, you don't qualify for Medicare until age 65 currently, according to the current laws. And so there's three years where you have to pay for health insurance. Um, Now, this is a conversation that's very difficult to have with a lot of people because there's so many factors involved, but there is a way to lower your health insurance premiums on the healthcare.gov website. And the best way to do that is to have lower taxable income. And for people to say, oh, well, the only way to get lower taxable income is to just take less out of my investment accounts. That's not true. If you take money out of a Roth IRA, if you've done it properly and you've set it up right so that you're not being penalized, if you take money out of a Roth IRA, you can claim that as tax-free income. It doesn't get added to your taxable income and it gets ignored by the healthcare.gov algorithm that calculates what your premium is. So you can essentially still take more money out to whatever your budget needs to be while lowering and getting a higher subsidy from the government, lowering your healthcare premiums and nothing changes for you. Now that requires a lot of planning. That requires doing some forward planning 10, 15 years in advance to make sure that you're set up well for that. But it is something to have a conversation on. What do you think, Brad? Well, I, 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, strategy for taxes is number one. And when you go back to the $60,000 need, it, you have to identify is that before tax or is that after tax? Because that is a huge difference. If I need 60000 and I'm in a 20% tax bracket, then I got to pull 72000 out to get my 60000 in my pocket each year. And if I don't, then I'm going to be down in the 40000 range, maybe fifty. So the looking at what I need to live on does depend on what kind of assets I have and where I'm pulling that money from. So I, I do believe that the Roth strategies are critical especially when it comes to the health insurance part of it. So, you know, it's everybody's a little different. So it's really hard to to plan other than when you get to that point. But I agree with you that you should do it at least 10 years, five to 10 years in advance so that you can start strategizing that stuff. Absolutely. And I, and I actually, one of the healthcare things that to do a shameless little plug here on the podcast, I wrote a book about this. It's a short book about, 90 pages, 80, 90 pages, somewhere in that range. And it goes over three different strategies of how to lower your healthcare costs if you're retiring before you qualify for Medicare. The book is called Healthcare Before Medicare. And you can just find it on Amazon uh, just by searching that. You sh- it should come up in the top results there. Or you can search Healthcare Before Medicare with my name, Taylor Fike, after it. But that's one of the things that we talk about. It's highly complex and very individualized. There's no way I could sit here on this podcast and say, this is what you should do. It really comes down to having a personal conversation with whoever your financial advisor is to figure out what makes sense for you. And sometimes these types of things take lots and lots of time to plan ahead of time. So 10, 15 years in advance really gets you set up for a good situation down the road. And so we start off with, does the income drain on the assets too much? And then if the answer is no, we're, we're set, we have a high percentage of success. Then we go, okay, where are we taking it from? Is it going to be tax-free? Is it going to be taxable? Is it going to be tax-deferred? What assets are we drawing this from? And then we line up the end of the plan with this last piece of the puzzle. And I think this is what Brad already alluded to. The last piece of our plan puzzle is what do we do when life changes? How do we handle change in that portfolio? Because it's so, so important. What happens when a curveball gets thrown at you, when you have a health issue, when a grandkid is born cross country, you know, what, what, how do we handle that there? You know, you're going to change the way that you vacation. You're going to change the way that you travel. You're going to change the way that, you know, expenses are going to be spent when a, a health thing happens. If you fall off your horse, Jack and Jill, you know, that, that Ouch. changes your plan completely. So talk a little bit about that, Brad. What, what are some of the things that you can foresee that you would be thinking about that could be changes that Jack and Jill need to be considering things of that nature? Well, there's a variance, a wide variance of what can happen throughout life and retirement. Health is usually the biggest thing that people are concerned about. Injuries, um, car accidents, but beyond even just the health piece of it, what if I uh, didn't plan, and usually this is discussed, but what if I didn't plan for buying a car 15 years down the road or 10 years down the road? You know, I had a pretty nice car when I retired or when we did the original plan, and here I am, car's 10 years old, it's got 100000 on it, I need to get rid of it, and now all of a sudden, I'm either going to take a payment, which is now going to affect my income monthly, or I'm going to drop... 30 or 40,000 in today's dollars for a, a moderate car. So flexibility is critical. It's absolutely critical here. All right. Yeah, flexibility is huge. And I think 
one of the things that, again, I alluded to earlier, some advisors just ignore this. And so you really need to hammer down. If you're, if you're already working with a financial advisor, make sure you're asking these questions. What what happens if this doesn't work? You know, what happens if I get sick? What happens if, and throw them all out there because all these what if scenarios matter. We may not have to worry about them. It may not be something that is like priority number one to be worried about, but thinking about it and having it on a list of things to consider really does matter. And our software here, we have a, we have a what if scenario piece to it where we can throw in different pieces and throw in different variables. So say all of a sudden we have a year where we have high healthcare costs. We can see what that, what happens there. We have, you know, our last five years of, you know, our seventies, we travel more, we travel less or whatever it is. Those types of things are very important um, just to be prepared for just in case. So that's kind of the last piece of the puzzle. Don't ever, ever pay for a financial plan that doesn't show you other plan options, other ideas, or give you those other ideas. Here's how we do it in our office. We always do a plan and then we will sit down with those people and renew it every year. It's something we look at in our review process. We say, look, what's changed in the last 12 months? If something has changed, we need to know so that we can adjust the plan accordingly. And if you want to change something in the plan or you have something that you want to change in the next 12 months, we need to know about it. That way we don't just assume business is as usual because a lot of times business isn't as usual and we're the last ones to know as a financial advisor. And a lot of times that's a scary thing when we're the the bad guys that have to say, wait a second, that doesn't actually work or wait a second, you can't do what you thought you could because we didn't consider all these other things as a piece of it. So make sure if you're going through a financial plan with someone that they are considering all the angles of different things that can happen. And they're not going to be perfect. They're not going to know every single variable, but they do know you want to have a financial advisor that does know if something changes, is there flexibility within this plan? And there's that guy who wants to sell the annuity. It's going to guarantee you a 5% payout the rest of your life. And guarantee you no flexibility is what and that is. And pretty much guarantees no flexibility as well. So be very careful. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Now, we, we've we talked about annuities in the past on, on this podcast, and we'll talk about them in the future. There is a time and a place for certain annuities, but they certainly aren't a fix-all to all retirement plans. Very non-flexible. They're very non-flexible, and a lot of times they're very complicated. And I think the sad part is, is that the people who sell them they don't always fully know how they work. And that ends up being an issue because not only is the person you who is buying it not know how it works, the person who's selling it to you may be explaining it completely wrong and you're signing up for something that may be a 10-year commitment, a 15-year commitment, and you have no idea what it really is or even a lifetime commitment. I've seen some of those. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So be very careful. Flexibility is extremely important in retirement. And in some ways, it's worth some of the costs that it costs to have flexibility, to have those those types of things. I know in college planning for kids in our office, we do. We would rather have a taxable account with flexibility for most of our uh, individuals that we work with, just because we'll pay a little bit extra taxes for the sake of we don't know what's going to happen in our child's life in 10, 15, 20 years. Who knows what they, they're going to choose college-wise. We better make sure we have flexibility built into it rather than other options. Now, that's not for everybody. Some people know exactly what they're going to be telling their kid to do, and if that's the case, then we can go into a thing that can guarantee those types of stuff. But if we're not sure, I'd rather be flexible than to be sorry down the road. Yep. 
Absolutely. So that's a lot of how we do things in our office when it comes to planning. So that's our retire ASAP process. I don't know if that's what you've experienced with your advisor or if that's what you've experienced if you're a do-it-yourselfer, if you're a DIYer, if you've been doing all this yourself. I don't know if that's how you've been thinking about it, but there's some quick tips and ideas of how you can get there. We are taking on new clients at Fike Advisors here. If you want to go through a retire ASAP plan, it's really simple. If you're listening to this podcast on our website, if you went to the retireasapshow.com and listen to the podcast there, there is a schedule now button in the top right corner. Just schedule a 20 minute phone call conversation with me or Brad. We'd be happy to sit down and talk and see if a retire ASAP plan is right for you. That's free of charge. We don't charge anything for that consultation. We just want to make sure that we are doing right by you to make sure that, you know, this is something that you actually need. And if it is, we'll start walking through this process with you. Now, if you're listening to this podcast on, you know, on iTunes or, or Spotify or any of the other providers, that we're on, you can go to our website. That's retireasapshow.com, retireasapshow.com, and that'll take you right to this podcast page where you can hit the schedule now button in the top right corner. So thanks for joining us for this series. Our next series is going to be a fun one. You know what we're talking about, Brad? I don't have any idea. I'm busy uh, doing some yoga stretching right now, <laughs> trying to get a little more flexible. Well, he's, he's very flexible over here, folks. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Anyway, our next series is not about yoga. It's not about flexibility. It's about tax planning. Ew, we are in the month of February in 2020 right now, and it is tax time. I just sat down with my sister and helped her handle a TurboTax situation that she was trying to figure out. Everyone's thinking about it. What's my return going to be? How do I do it? What do I do to maximize this stuff? We are the furthest thing from CPAs, but we have a lot of experience in the tax world just because we are surrounded by it uh, in the financial planning side. So we're looking forward to our next series talking about tax planning, talking about different things that can help you retire earlier if you're planning ahead for them. So join us here in two weeks as we talk about tax planning. Have a great rest of your week. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.